0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? This is Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Keep It A Strong
1: Style. On today's show, we'll review nights 7 through 12 of the World Tag League and cover all this news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Please support our show by subscribing and following the Social Suplex Podcast Network or keeping it strong style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the network's podcasts over at socialsuplex.com. Check out our Pro Tea store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash social suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. Young boy, we are 21 days away from Christmas.
0: I thought you were going to say we're 21 days away from Wrestle Kingdom, which is what I actually care about.
1: Well, Christmas is the first stop on on the road to Wrestle Kingdom.
0: No, the first stop on the road to Wrestle Kingdom is the G1 Final. That's the that's the first stop. <laughs> but uh, I am looking forward to the road to Tokyo Dome with uh the snow falling out of the sky. Provided Bushiroad has the funds to still do something like that for Ooh. fans. <laughs>
1: You know oh, the yen is weak Yeah y- yen yen is down <laughs> The yen is down <laughs> In the mud <laughs> Oh man uh, Speaking of yen and money uh, We mentioned last week we did record The FOH draft This past weekend And uh, That will be coming out in The next couple weeks or so For you guys to uh, purchase. I think we do a suggested donation of $5. We've had people give more, less. Uh, You know, it's a, a pay-what-you-want you, you want model. Uh, But yeah, this year's episode, I think another great one in the can. Yeah,
0: I mean, if you guys want to um, hear me get belligerently drunk and then take chops from everybody <laughs> on the show live on the air... You know, I think that this is probably the greatest uh, uh, argument for why we should probably move to video format for FOH in the future because it, the the audio is I'm sure is incredible, but going forward, people probably want to see this shit.
1: But uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be a little bit harder with all four of us live. Maybe if we're all on a computer, that'd be easier. But yeah, with all four of us.
0: Yeah. No, you just put a hard cam.
1: Just boom. Mm. And we'd all work the hard cam. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I haven't been to the PC, so I don't know how to work hard cam.
0: (laughs) But um, yeah, man, um, the the little spiel that I give every year, we do countless hours of audio covering New Japan, as well as the other hosts of the various different shows here on the Social Splits Podcast Network. And throughout the year, we don't charge for a thing, not a dime. And once a year, at the end of the year, me, Jeremy james rich Latta the third we get together and uh, we drink copious amounts of alcohol and we basically light the wrestling industry ablaze as we draft the shittiest things that have occurred in wrestling and just shoot on them and we do it in a drunken state so most of it is probably not valid anyways but it is a show that people have loved and have come to endear and it's been seven years of us doing this and we do ask that you pay for it and uh you know my my spiel is basically we give you all this other content for free if you feel like this uh show and this network is any kind of blessing or benefit to you then uh show us the love ctc cut the check <laughs> and uh you know send us a little cheddar give us a taste you know what i'm saying because it is the giving season and we are moving into the holiday season and uh we really appreciate it every year and, and uh you know, that, that money goes to benefit the show so
1: there are these th- these gimmicks that come in the mail called bills <laughs> <laughs> we, we we gotta pay them so yeah we would definitely appreciate that once the link is live, so be on a lookout for that, uh, socialsuplex.com. That's where you'll be able to get all the, the info for that. Everything has a
0: cost, Jeremy, and that's what I learn more and more each year when I do uh, the FOH draft because, you know, basically I was completely dunzo yesterday. yesterday. Uh, a little bit better today, Um, although I will let you know, all right, and we'll get into it. This week we're supposed to recu- we're supposed to review how many nights of uh, World Tag League action. Uh, six. six, yep. And th- there was there was a stretch there where it was night, 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 like four or five in a row. Um, yeah, bro. I don't know. Like, I feel like this is the first time that I've been defeated by the scheduling <laughs> uh, of of a New Japan uh, um, show or or tour. Like, there was just no way. Given the different responsibilities I have, given the the amount of drinking that we did during FOH draft that I was going to be able to watch all these shows. Um, I think I got like to the tail end of night nine before I had to kind of like tap out. And today I did plan to get around to watching the remaining shows because yesterday I was like, actually yesterday I was supposed to do it, but I was incapacitated, uh, you know severely hung over from FOH then today was not my day I had a dental medical emergency that took up most of my time I'm still here on the show doing the show but you know like uh, you know like they say on Friends when it hasn't been your day your week or your month or even your year well today was not my day and uh, yeah, I haven't seen I don't even know how many shows did I miss
1: three? So you said you haven't seen you didn't watch today's you didn't watch yesterday's Right. And then see Saturdays. I don't know. I got up to, like, night nine. I'm, like, halfway through night nine. I'll look on NJPW World. Yeah, if you got to night nine, then, yeah, you missed, yeah, 10, 11, 12. See? But they were each, like, the next day after the next
0: day. Like, it just became untenable. Uh, Did you finish all this i mean did you find any difficulty here
1: i i did but uh i did find difficulty and i did finish it but i had it on in the background when i was doing stuff so you know i didn't have my full 100 percent. like i didn't you know i wasn't taking notes i didn't give anything really star ratings um, and I, I just watched the tournament matches um and of course you know we didn't have any english commentary so yeah and that's been another you know I, I hate to do it i
0: i don't want to put chris and uh i was about to say kevin <laughs> and walker you know throw them under the bus i don't know what is going on i don't know what is causing the delays or the issues but um you know we've been critical in the past of, of new japan pro wrestling when it comes to their production snafus more specifically mostly surrounding the u.s shows. Uh, with the camera work and the lighting and the sound and everything like that very rarely do we have to criticize what's going on when it comes to commentary but uh there have been numerous times recently where they said that you know the English commentary was you know coming shortly and it didn't come shortly and uh, it, by the time it got uploaded with a, a tour that's this busy there's no way to go back in and, and re-listen to it now that's Normally that would be fine. Like I'm not the kind of uh, viewer that can't listen to the Japanese audio, but I know that there's a lot of Western fans that are the opposite. And when you're trying to maintain this audience and this fan base, you kind of need to have that audio, especially if you've sort of said that it was going to happen and it would be a short delay. And then instead it's like a, a week or two week delay. Now we were, we were told that, Even though there was going to be you know video on demand for the english for the remainder of the tour that the finals was were going to have live english audio and there was a a tweet sent out today that there's a snafu and they're not going to be able to do that and that it's going to be uploaded at a they didn't specify a specific time they just said shortly after we don't know what shortly after is because shortly after lately has been like a week a week and a half so That's not good when you're talking about the last major show of the company's year before Wrestle Kingdom. And it's honestly at this point, and I hate to say it this way, but it's just the truth. It is unacceptable, especially when you're talking about the third or fourth largest company in wrestling. You know, you're talking about AW, WWE, CMLL, and New Japan. Like those are your big four, essentially. it's, It's not acceptable, especially since, we're like nine years into the English broadcasting side of things. They're like, th- if this was 2014, that'd be different, but it's not. It's 2023, going on to 2024, and uh, it, it sucks.
1: Yeah, and you know, you, you have a lot of fans that are, you know, they're not the, the die-hard on freaks that don't power through Japanese commentary. There, there is a, a group of fans that kind of. Jumped in during a time where most major shows have English commentary, and that's all they listen to. They don't, they don't want to listen to Japanese. Also, for us, you know, we've been watching for a while. We we know the days of you know a lot of shows not having English commentary. Some shows not having any commentary at all. You know, a single cam, uh, show. We're we're used to that, so we we can power through the Japanese commentary. And I love Milano Collection at. I think uh, also I don't understand. <laughs> what he's saying but just his enthusiasm and his afflictions and i think he adds a lot to the matches that he calls but uh i'll see english is, is language we understand and i think there's a lot of story i mean a lot of stuff that happens that you kind of miss without you know somebody either translating or additional commentary in the mix
0: well for me you know it, it kind of became a um a give and take i basically had to make a decision given the time constraints do i watch the entire show at 2x speed so i can fit it all in or do i just watch the tournament matches at regular speed and that was kind of what i was um what i was doing for a majority of the tournament was i was watching the entirety of the card at 2x but when you're watching at 2x like that and you don't have the english behind it you are losing some of the unless you're paying really close attention you are missing some of the the story notes obviously you can fill some of that in yourself and there is a great community online but that only goes so far it it is a benefit to have someone that can understand japanese like chris charlton on the call who can break down what is being said between you know the different japanese domestic speakers whether that's a post-show comment or you know uh sometimes they there's been um just, you know, some some uh, I don't want to say skits. What, what what would you call <laughs> uh, just promos or uh... yeah, like promos and, and angles? I don't know why I forgot the word angle, but, uh you know, and, and not having that there has been a detriment. And then because of the fact that the shows have been so close together for so many days, it became to the point where I couldn't even follow the show anyways. But had I had English it might've made it that much easier to keep up with what's going on in the tournament. And I mean, this again, we've said this many times on the show. This is not our first rodeo. It's not our first time around when it comes to new Japan for wrestling. We've been doing this show since 2017 and I've never found, and, and I'm enjoying the tournament for sure. And I do plan to go back and catch up uh, probably tomorrow and the next day and, and, you know, get back on track. But, I have never found uh, a tour this daunting when it comes to just keeping up because how many days it's all spaced together. Uh, I'm sure there's a, a Super Juniors or a G1 that probably are close to this, but this feels like, damn, dude, you did like five or six night, in you know, a we, row, yeah, it's it's been a week. Last week we that's seven days. They did six shows in seven days, and we got more coming. Like that's fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, well, good thing the, the plane's about to land. We, we got the, the, the finals on Sunday, uh, so we, we'll review the finals next week and, you know, be officially on the road to the Tokyo Dome. Um, before we jump in the tournament, two things. First of all, uh, our year-end awards, uh, we're, we're working on those. That should be hopefully coming out sometime towards the end of next week. I've been working on a, a new uh, format on the form to make it more mobile-friendly. For You guys, um, so that should help uh, with participation and voting. And we're like we said, we're, we've got a couple categories locked down for nominees, and we'll be finishing that, get the the ballot out for you guys to vote for our awards. Um, and we're, then
0: we're gonna add a new uh category this year biggest departure, uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the departure that you felt the most <laughs> for the year
1: 2023. Um, uh, and then uh. It is the uh, first episode of December, which means we've got to do November Match of the Month and Wrestler of the Month. Uh, so, Josh, tell the people who, who are, or I guess, what our Match of the Month is. Yeah,
0: so, I mean, it's probably no surprise to anybody listening. The The November Match of the Month was the match at, what was that, Power Struggle? Yeah. But, uh, the main event match between uh, Will Ospreay and Shota Umino, as Will Ospreay defended, the us slash uk IWGP title for the very last time in what many people consider a five-star classic very likely uh, a strong match that your contender and um go back and listen to our review of the of the match because we wax poetic about how much we love that match and uh how much of a star making performance we thought it was for Shota umino maybe it was maybe it wasn't i don't know we, i don't know what this guy's even going to be doing at wrestle Kingdom. we'll see If he's maybe he'll make the the Rambo, I don't know. But at the time, we thought it was a big
1: deal. There's there's 20 spots open on that pre show. (laughs) (laughs) I want to (laughs) cry. Sad. Sad. (laughs) Sad. Oh, man. So the uh, wrestlers of the month are going to go to Shota Umino and Ren Narita, two of the three musketeers uh they are having a great world tag league they are one of the top teams so far uh, as far as match quality uh, and so yeah they've been having a great month and then you top on like you mentioned the osprey umino match to umino's resume for november uh, it's kind of hard not to go with that team
0: you could also throw in the narita six-man uh tag team challenge at new japan road which was yeah. an incredible match as well
1: Yeah, so these guys had some stuff outside the tournament, in the tournament So yeah, uh, great uh, November for the the Roughneck and the Son of Strong style Well, uh, now let's uh, talk about the tournament Uh, First two questions Uh, First from Rambo and Slam Pig He says, despite my gripes, I have sincerely enjoyed this edition of World Tag League so far More than any previous one I have watched Is the company taking tag teams a little more seriously as they look to find spots for all the older guys down cycling and young guys coming in.
0: Um, it's a great question. Um, I, I've also enjoyed the tournament as well. I don't know if I could sit here today looking at the the booking of the tournament and everything and say this is certainly an indication that they're going to take uh, tag team wrestling more seriously moving forward i I don't know that that's the case although i hope it is um i would like that to be the direction but very often you know world tag league's not that different in a certain sense to say best the super juniors you know it's a tour where we highlight an aspect of new japan's promotional you know ideology but when it's all said and done Everything kind of shakes back into its regular slot and rotation when it's all said and done. But yeah, I, I do think that a few things will be set up moving forward. Usually there's two to three primary tag teams that kind of come out of the tournament and maintain their position as the premier tag teams of that calendar year. And we'll probably know a little bit more who those you know, teams actually are moving forward when this is all said and done.
1: Yeah, and even though tag team wrestling is not, uh, you know, a, a big focus for New Japan year-round, I do feel like they like to try to have, you know, the, the four kind of teams that they, they throw in the rotation in both divisions. We've seen with the junior tag division, they've kind of restocked, and so you know, now you have Catch-2-2, Jet Setters, Bullet Club War Dogs with uh, Clark and Maloney. Um, And so you kind of have that You know, Doki and Taka You kind of have like these kind of mainstay teams That are kind of set in the division now And then you look at the, the tag division now You know, we've had a lot of teams leaving So, you know, you have TMDK Bishamon, and now you're establishing Some other teams uh, in this tournament Looks like, you know, Monster Sauce is going to be established You have ELP I think a new team, so they do like to have teams that kind of that are, that are there that, you know, because there are tag title matches usually every month, so you, you got to have some kind of challengers. So uh, the tournament has a great job of kind of reloading some of the, those, um, you know, mainstay tag teams that we'll see throughout the year. Then uh, next question here from Triangle 720 do you think Tag League is doing a good job of showcasing some of the talent and letting the crowd connect with them, specifically the younger talent?
0: Well, um, I think that in terms of promoting the teams, yes, uh, you know they're getting utilized. They're getting um, a lot of different opportunities up and down the card, night after night, and slowly but surely, I'm sure that that will pay off. But keep in mind that this tour doesn't just run in the major cities like some of the other tours. Like we've we've hardly seen any, like say Tokyo or Corkton nights. Uh, A lot of the shows are sort of your bigger gymnasium, smaller towns like B-shows that they're running uh, a majority of the time. And the crowds seem to be not necessarily the most enthusiastic New Japan crowds, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not saying that they've been lackadaisical, but they also haven't been rabid and hot for any particular teams, you know, in particular. It seems like maybe this is a small sample of what we might see moving forward once they start running some of these tag teams throughout the calendar year.
1: Mm-hmm. It almost seems like some towns that are we're almost like still kind of like clap restrictions. I know they're not, but like there are some crowds where it seemed like they were only clapping and not really um, cheering, but yeah. So yeah, but uh, overall I do think it, overall it's a good, it has been a good platform to get guys, you know, like Suji and Umino and Rita out there getting them some reps, you know, bringing in the CMLL guys establishing monster sauce i think it has done a there's been a lot of talent that have been established in here
0: one thing i know i know we're about to jump into the actual review of the blocks and everything and you know you're gonna spoil me on all the matches that i haven't (laughs) watched yet but uh, i just want to i just want to point something out for the show listen to this you hear anything
1: no i don't
0: i am rocking back and forth in my new ergonomic office chair that no longer squeaks so not only is it a benefit to my posture and my back health but it is it's also a benefit to the show in that you don't have to hear the incessant squeak every time i move every couple seconds so uh you know thank you to my girlfriend uh for benefiting the show and your listening experience
1: Man, end of an era.
0: <laughs> I, I guess it never bothered me, but I, 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 you know, Chris wouldn't shut up about it. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, now let's look at the uh, the tournament here. So we'll start in the A block where we have three teams alive going into this week's action. So on top of the block, currently leading, we have the TMDK team of hysterical Shane Hayes. And Mad Mikey Nichols, so they are 5-1 and one with 10 points. On night 7, they lost to Ishii and Yano, but then they rebounded on night 9 by defeating Kaito Kiyomiya and Rihoi Oiwa. And then on night 11, they defeated Ren Narita and Shoto Umino, knocking the Musketeers out of contention for the semifinals.
0: Yeah, I think that has been very likely the most controversial booking decision of the entirety of the tournament. And not just because, um, you know, there are those individuals that were predicting, um, and, and it wasn't just this show. It was many different shows, many different experts and analysts and, you know, pro freaks that, that really saw the possibility of, Narita, and Umino going to the Final Four at the minimum as pretty much a surefire thing, and that kind of includes us. And so the fact that they they were knocked out of the tournament by TMDK has been uh, very controversial, to say the least. Uh, but speaking of Shane Hayes and Mikey Nichols, I mean, it's something we've been saying since day one when they got to this company and they you know kind of reformed their tag team they're just quite simply one of the best tag teams in the world. They had an incredible run in this tournament last year, and here they are again, um and they're, you know, dare I say it, better than they were last year. They seem more comfortable. Um, they are a bit more seasoned, and they're doing really, really well. The only thing is, and it's really I have nothing against Team DK. I actually think they're one of the best tag teams out there, but Given the fact that they and we, this is a point we, we mentioned last week given the fact that they have challenged for the IWGP heavyweight tag team titles so many times in just the past calendar year alone and failed each time, um, it seems a little bit short sighted to have them at the top of the block. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have no, I have nothing against them, uh, going as one of the top two finalists from A Block or even a finalist and if they were to win this tournament i'd be fine with that too provided they turn around and win the titles from Bishamon finally, and maybe that is where we're heading um and that would certainly like set up a new dominant tag team in the in you know new japan's uh tag team division they are like chris charlton has said on commentary many times the best current day tag team that has never won the iwgp tag team titles But at the same time, I one has to wonder, should we be putting more juice behind these guys right now in terms of timing when they just failed so many times recently? If it was just once or twice, that would be one thing. But it's been three times.
1: Yeah, I I feel like the the past booking has really kind of come to kind of rare's head with this decision. And again, like you said, I love TMDK. You know, Hayes Nichols—they are a great tag team. I've been loving the post-show promos that they've been doing every night because they've been in a lot of main events, and Hayes has been uh, closing the show of his promos. And you know, they are a, a solid tag team. I, you know, theoretically, if you told me, "Hey, TMDK is going to be on the top of the block," I'd be uh, any year. But yeah, that that makes sense. But yeah, right. the, the, the fact that they have failed so many times this year alone. In winning the IWGP Tag Team Championships It is kind of head-scratching to be like "All right, why are we now Pulling the trigger on these guys To potentially set up another Bishamon match at the Tokyo Dome Um, I I feel like if they knew that Team DK was going to be a team They were going to go with Maybe you save some of those title defenses And make them a more Credible challenger Make them a a challenger people want to see Face Bishamon in Tokyo Dome
0: yeah, I mean, I, I had to be sure for myself. So, yes, in February at the New Beginning in Sapporo, they lost to Bishamon. In April of this year at Satsuma no Kuni, they lost to Aussie Open, who were the champions at that time. And then in September of this year, Destruction in Kobe, they lost to Bishamon again. So if they do happen to go to next year's Tokyo Dome as the uh, tournament winners, they'll be facing off against Bishamon. And, I mean, at that point, you have to put the titles on them, which, <laughs> you know, and again, both of us have said the same point. We have no problem with TMDK being the World Tag Team Champions of, of New Japan. That's fine. It's just, why did you have them lose three times heading into it? Like, what was was that necessary? I don't know. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, and, I mean, you know, again, Renarita, Shota Umino rewa musketeers they did literally the video uh special that i did you get a chance to watch that stuff jeremy yeah okay so you kind of got a a little bit of a feel for what i was mentioning how how much promotion they put behind them as a tag team and not only that but going back to the g1 this past year and everything that was kind of building to them in the a block and then even going just you know back a year with both those guys coming back from excursion and what that meant and all these failed opportunities and who knows maybe they are building a story out of it but it feels like after a year of them being here and i know i've done the whole thing in the past about you know it's okay for these guys to fail in big spots and for there to be delayed gratification when it comes to paying off their stories. But let's not mince words here. The IWGP tag team titles in terms of guys that are your future of the company, that's sort of a consolation prize. Like that's a stepping stone for where we hypothetically see stars the caliber of Narita and Umino heading. So it's not like this was the final destination provided they went to the Tokyo Dome and challenge for these titles. But here we are over a year gone from them coming back and you know we're 13 nights 12 nights in and they're already knocked out of the tournament at the hands of team dk who've failed to win the title three times this year it's a little like you said jeremy head scratching I, i don't know why we're doing that because even if you weren't going to send um narita and umino into the finals that's okay but they should have at least been in the final four or in the finals. And maybe you could do a big angle come, you know, World Tag League finals. But, and maybe they will, but we're not getting that right now. Right now, like the, all the air and the hype has been deflated. And, and we're just left with, you know, two guys that, quite frankly, in the terms of the way the fans probably seen it, are failing.
1: Yeah. And again, like you mentioned, why not even. didn't even do it the a block final night they did it the night before the a block final night and and completely killed them dead like it 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 reminds me of
0: the kind of booking that we saw from uh and this is a little different but it's similar um philosophy when kiyomiya got you know everyone thought kiyomiya was gonna do a certain um level when it came to the g1 and then you know he got knocked out, and then we ended up with Hikaleo <laughs> against Naito, <laughs> which was head-scratching, and this is also, again, ha- head-scratching, and this is another, in a long string, I mean, bro, we should, I know I, I, I'm i kind of like spoiling the lead here, but I, I let New Japan, you guys listen to the FOH draft, I'm telling you, you want to listen to that audio, but in the second round, I gave New Japan some fucking heat, right? <laughs> yeah. But I didn't, I didn't draft Gato, and we're getting to the point where, maybe we should be drafting gato because there's some very questionable booking things going on in this company and you know a few uh weeks ago i don't remember exactly when it was it was before they went off on their hiatus but i was listening to jcast and they were like maybe it's time for a change at the top and they were talking about you know every booker has their shelf life for how long they can stay relevant and and meaningful and and you know affect business and there's a reason for a while now we've been saying that we're not in the quote unquote golden age of new Japan. And that's not all Gato's fault, but we were so optimistic this past year when we moved into the the new year. And there were certain periods where we're like, all right, we're on the uptick, (laughs) things are going good. But then the G1 hit and everything post G1 has been bewildering. And this is another in the, in a long string of bewildering decisions. And I don't fucking get it. So Congrats, to TMDK. Number one <laughs> in the block. Yeah. Five and one.
1: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, they, they have been having good matches. Like their past string of matches this uh this They've three. been great. Yeah, the Umil match well, that was a, a great match. Uh the kimia oil oil match was a lot of fun in the Ishiyano match. So again uh, I I
0: really uh when I
1: watched the Night
0: Nine match, I thought like um TMDK are Noah's exes. That they're telling their current boyfriend, you know, Kiyomiya and Oiwa not to worry about. But <laughs> they don't have to measure up
1: to them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the other team that is alive is Tomohiro Ishii and Torayano. So they are four and two with eight points. So like uh, we said, night seven, they defeated TMDK. And then they picked up two more wins on night nine. They defeated Ren, Narita and Shota Umino. And night 11, they defeated Kaito, Kamiya, and Roye Oiwa. Uh,
0: this is another thing where um, I look kind of stupid as a, you know, New Japan cover person, podcast, or whatever. Because last week I said that teams like Ishii and Yano we're kind of starting to take a backseat to some of the more promising uprising teams and stars in this company.
1: Well, that's what it seemed like. It seemed like, all right, where we put the established teams in here to help get the new teams over and the established teams are not going to get through. Right.
0: And I mean, it's one. And again, it's something I said last week as well. I said, Ishii and Yano are one of those teams where they always do well in this tournament, but you know, there is a shelf life for how long that can happen similar to the way that you know like in the super juniors uh Taguchi used to always go far and that was something you could always count on but eventually his luck ran out and you kind of were like okay well that that's sort of done now and um I thought we were reaching that point when it came to Ishii and Yano especially since um I'm trying to look right now like but I get the feeling and maybe I'm wrong here but like I don't know. Have Ishii and Yano ever even held the IW? Okay, yes, they, they have. have, yeah. They held the titles in January of 2017 until June of, or until March of 2017. So that's one. Did they ever hold them again? Nope. Have they ever <laughs> won this tournament? Like, no. I don't think so. Um, and I'm wondering, like, what is the point? Like, we're backwards here. OK, we're pushing Ishii as a top act in this in the World Tag League when he needs to be getting pushed as a top act in the G1. The wrong <laughs> fucking tournament, the wrong time to push the guy. It's not December. It's August. What the fuck are you doing, Kato? But um, there's no reason for it. Like there really isn't because there's no upside. I, I love Ishii and Yano, another team that is doing well. They're having great matches but they're at a point in their shelf life as a team where they should just, because they hardly even tag team together during the calendar year. I was surprised to see them as a team in, in the block in right. the first they,
1: place. They, they've shifted away from the Ishii-Yano tag team the past couple of years. We've mainly had uh, the Bebop tag team with Tanahashi and Yano. Yep. And then, you know, Ishii has kind of been floating around. He's mainly been doing never six man stuff. So yeah, it's kind of re- reverting back to something they did in the past. Um And, yeah, it's a team that they're two older veterans. I feel like Yano really hasn't even been featured a lot this year in New Japan, and um, maybe that's why they're doing it. But, yeah, it just doesn't seem like it's the the beneficial thing to do here.
0: Maybe it's one of those things where we just don't
1: get it, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they connect with the domestic
0: audience on a level that we're just not privy to, and maybe they're going to be the 100th IWGP (laughs) Tag Team Champions. Come January 4th in the Tokyo Dome. And if that's the case, you know, good on them. Maybe we'll get an all-chaos tag team match in the Tokyo Dome. Because at this point, I don't know what the fuck we're doing for that match, you know. So, <laughs> might, as well, might as well just go all in. Bishamon versus Ishii and Yano. Let's have at it. You know, Chaos Civil War.
1: Get uh, but, um, double gold Ishii.
0: Yeah, double gold Ishii. What, <laughs> what, what other titles do you have? The Narrow Six Man. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, double gold Ishii. But um, <laughs> team team Hoff
1: Hall of Fame.
0: <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't get it. I I really I'm I'm bewildered. And it's didn't they lose like a pretty big match on the first night to uh, uh maybe I'm actually I'm conflating a few different things there. But yeah, I just don't get it, man. I, I'm a little lost there.
1: Seriously. Yeah, same here. Again, their performances have been really good, especially Ishii. He's been all, also like, carrying a load. In a lot of these matchups, and I thought the exchanges he had, like with uh, Narita and Umino in that match, were really great. And him and uh Kiyomiya mixing it up were, were great. So, Ishii, you uh, know, no surprise, stellar performances. But, um, you know, looking at the actual booking, uh, it is again head scratching why these guys are still alive in one of the three teams that are going to make it to the semifinals. So, um, The third team that is still alive is the Bullet Club War Dogs team of Alex Coglin and Gabe Kidd. So they are also 4-2 with 8 points. So they uh, lost to the Gates of Agony on night 7, and then they defeated the United Empire team of Great Okan and Hanare on night 9. And night 11, they defeated the House of Torture team of Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. So I've spoken
0: quite a bit about their run through the tournament up to this point. Um, last week, I'm glad to see that they are one of the three teams that are alive because young and up, up and coming team, top talent. They deserve to be here. I'm excited to see what what the, what the company has in store for them moving forward. But I have only seen one of these matches, and that was the Gates of Agony match where they lost, which, you know, Gates of Agony needed a bone at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, I'm up to literally on night nine, I'm up to the... I had just started the match with United Empire. I wasn't sure who won there. So, uh, Jeremy, you tell me where how you see their run at this point in the tournament over these three nights. I, I I'm not sure what's even going on with them.
1: Yeah. So I think this has definitely been, um, kind of, a I I'll am looking for the phrase here, I guess maybe the, the shining point of the booking here, you know, we, we, we want young new tag teams being pushed to the forefront and they're, at least they're going with one here in this block with the war dogs and, uh, complete, you know, turn from their performance last year, booking wise, you know, last year, um, they had good matches, but lost pretty much all their matches this year. They're having good matches and they're winning. They're alive, and a lot of the stuff that they they've been doing is great. You know, they the whole kind of they're just the intensity and attacking people from behind. Um, you know, the United Empire match. Um, lots of story there. So Gabe Kidd is facing Will Osprey December I think it's 16th or 19th for uh, the Rev Pro Uprising show, and so they've they've been building that, and so. The whole match, Kid is calling out Osprey. He's like, "Look what I'm doing to your boys, mate!" And he's just <laughs> beating the crap out of those guys. And he's hitting Os Cutters, and he's you know really trying to get under the, the skin of Will Osprey. So there's a, a lot of story there in that matchup, and, and they got the win. And so you know, Gabe Kid kind of has a puffed out chest going into the Osprey match, and then uh, today today's show against House of Torture, you know, it's your your Bull Club versus Bull Club. Lots of ref bumps, shenanigans. These guys were brawling all over the place. You've probably seen the clip of uh, Gabe Kid doing the crossbody off the top of the, the the balcony to these guys. So that was a wild, crazy spot. Uh, I saw that.
0: Who did they do that to specifically?
1: To House of Torture. Okay. So, I
0: mean, is this forwarding any of the tensions that were teased between the Bullet Club you
1: know, groups are known. So Gato came out uh, with the, the mallet and he was holding off House of Torture to allow Gabe Kidd and Coughlin to get the win. So that happened. Um, so, but I don't really know. Like, there was uh, no follow up. I didn't watch the backstage promos with translation. So I don't know, like, what the follow up is. Are they actually moving forward? Or again, is that just kind of an isolated thing because you had the two teams facing off against each other? Gotcha. Okay.
0: Nonetheless, um, you know, this is a team that I'm very much into. Um, They were probably our number two pick for wrestlers of the month in November. And who knows the way it's going? They might win December. um, But, you know, I'm glad to see that uh, they're they're throwing them a bone. You know, Coglin couldn't get a free shirt for his family, (laughs) you know, in the pandemic. So, you know, hopefully a trophy will suffice.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a team that I think I I'm I'm wanting out of the A block to get to the finals. Uh, and we, we did see them against uh, Bishamon earlier this year um, in July twice. So they did the the back to back double title match, strong title match night one and the IWGP night two. Uh, those are good matches, and so I, I would be down to get War Dogs on the Tokyo Dome in this match. Well, we're gonna move on, but. Before we do, you know, all the other
0: teams that are in this uh, block are effectively eliminated. So with that being the case, real quick, let's discuss. So you basically got the chaos team of Ishii and Yano, Coglin and Kid alive, and then Shane Hayes and Mike Nichols. And I mean, putting the math aside, I would like to see the two teams that come out of this be the War Dogs and TMDK, because that's the only thing that really makes any logical sense to me. If... If chaos gets through, we're doing something wrong at this point. Yeah. And amongst the other things that have been do- done wrong already.
1: Yeah. So and, and here, here's a, a scenario here. So Yano and Ishii control their destiny come the A-Block Fondite. If they lose, then War Dogs versus TMDK is for first and second. But if they win, then they, they've they clenched a spot into the semifinals.
0: Well, that's unfortunate. I mean, I would hope, I I would like to see them do exactly what you described. Chaos loses, and then the the main event is both guys are in, but we're trying to figure out who's going to get one and two for the advantage. But that is counter to the way that Gato would typically book. Normally, he would book it to where... Like Ishii and Yano get in, and the other two guys are are duking it out to be the last ones to get in. Am I right? Is that how it would go at that point?
1: That's how he normally books it. Um, they Ishii and Yano they are facing Okan and Hanare on the last A block night, which that's a team I could see them losing. to. I could to. see them losing too. Um, and then you could make the main event War Dogs TMDK first second place match. It'd be a, a little bit different of what Gale typically books for uh, a, a semi final tournament. tournament. Um but it could happen.
0: Well so if if Chaos wins and they're in automatically, then the match between Coglin or Wardogs and TMDK is that basically the winner gets in or is it a situation where how how what's happening at that point?
1: So if Ishii and Yano win that brings them up to uh, 10 points. And then Hayes and Nichols are already at 10. So if TMDK win, they would get to 12. So they'd be first. ishinyano would be second. Um, but if the War Dogs win, then they would be 10 and they would have a tiebreaker over TMDK. So then they'd be first and uh, Ishii and Yano would be second. Gotcha. Okay. Just trying to be clear here. Okay. So that makes sense. So, I'm hoping we
0: don't do that. I'm hoping we don't do the situation where, you know, if ca- like chaos wins and then it's TMDK and war dogs fighting for survival, I would much rather chaos loses. And, and then at that point, it's like, oh, we know in the main event, we know who's going through, but who's going one and who's going two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. and And then regardless of who's one and who's two, one of those two teams gets eliminated going into the finals. So we don't wind up with a rematch regardless.
1: Right. All
0: right. So I guess we could talk about the rest of the block.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like you mentioned, all the other teams here, they are eliminated. They have no mathematical chance of advancing. So like we were talking about the Urewa three musketeers, Shota, Umino, Ren, Rita. So they're currently sitting at three and three with six points, night seven, they defeated Kaito Kiyomiya and Rei Oiwa night nine, losing to Ishii and Yano and night 11, like we mentioned dropping to TMDK, which was the match that knocked them out. Yeah.
0: Um, I think that Umino and Narita have been a fantastic tag team in this tournament. Obviously we gave them, we, we awarded them as the, uh, wrestlers of the month for November. Um, I really loved the match with Kiyomiya and Oiwa. It delivered on all the levels that I thought it wouldn't. I, in fact, I think that might be so far for me from what I've seen up to this point. Again, haven't seen past night nine, but I've uh, to me, that was the match of the tournament so far. Um, but I've heard, and maybe you can tell me, Jeremy, I heard the, that the match they had with Ishii and Yano was like, incredible
1: yeah it, it was great i mean just again the, the exchanges that they were having with between ishii and narita and ishii and umino and the closing stretch with ishii and umino was so great and then ishii was able to hit the brain buster on umino to get the pin so yeah that was a, a really fun matchup i still think the the kiyomiya and oil match is probably better uh but still that was another uh fun matchup here uh, and but you know the sad thing we mentioned like these guys they, they had great matches they were one of the top in ring performing teams of the tournament we you know we gave them the wrestlers of the month for November but the the booking here has them eliminated you know before the last A Block night and now these guys seemingly have no destiny for the Tokyo Dome we have a lot of questions here about this. Rambo sure. and Slam pick says, uh, where do the youth go from here? Was it a mistake to not push Shota and Ren at least to the semifinals? I am bummed about it. Without repeating
0: too many of the same things that we've already mentioned, yes. I do believe that it was a mistake. However, the only thing you can hope for is they've got some alternate story planned out, maybe, you know, the teasing of dissension between these guys and you know, the, the idea that they were going to coexist was a, a farce, and this is actually going to drive strife between the two men and maybe forge a greater rivalry in the long run.
1: Yeah, and uh, Chris Charlton made a good point on Twitter. Uh, he said that the key point on Umino and Arita, it's been a ride or die on Umino. Three pins for Shota, three losses, all while Shota is legal now, how does Narita feel? I would imagine now more than ever, he wants to create movement on his own, one way or another. Um, so I think that yeah, this could lead to Narita being like, all right, Umino failed me here in this tournament. He's the one that got pinned all three times. Um, I need to break it on my own. Maybe yeah, we do get this Umino-Narita singles match of the Dome.
0: Yeah, but at that point, you're like almost making Narita the... The Owen to, uh, or yeah,
1: Umino would be the Owen to like Narita's Brett, you know. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's the heel. I don't know. Then uh, Dragon Master Adam says, "What the f is wrong with Gato, Shota, <laughs> <laughs> and Narita not making it to the finals? At least, do you think Umino versus Narita at Wrestle Kingdom is the only acceptable outcome from this?"
0: No, honestly, I don't think that that's personally really an acceptable outcome. Although maybe maybe I would change my mind on it as things uh, you know develop, but right now that doesn't feel that doesn't feel like a, uh, a good enough consolation prize. And quite frankly, the way that the the card has kind of uh, evened out, that almost feels like it would be relegated to an undercard, or not even undercard, but like a pre-show match right now, which is not what either guy should be
1: doing. Yeah, there's a lot of matches on that card, and I know that the show is going to be starting earlier, Um, so that I think they're going to probably start squeeze some more stuff on the main card. However, you know, yeah, where is this match going to go? It's not going to go towards the ending. It'll, it'll probably be like an opener, uh, second match kind of match, and it's not going to get a ton of time. They're probably going to get like 10 minutes. Right. Speaking
0: of Wrestle Kingdom, I should just throw it out there. Got the time off today,
1: January fourth and fifth. Long weekend, baby. Nice, yeah. I'm I'm gonna be off like three weeks. The last uh, two weeks, of December, and that first week, uh, January. Nice. Uh, so yeah, Wrestle Kingdom season, baby. It's gonna be gonna be fun. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know what they're gonna do with these guys. Uh, DJ Aftershock says, "Where do all the returning young lions go after being rather unspectacularly eliminated from World Tag League?" Shota, Narita, Suji, and Oiwa are all out. Uomora is the only one left. This is out of a tournament where I had both Shota, Narita, and Taichi Uomora in the finals. Um,
0: I don't know if I'm as optimistic about the the placement of both those teams, but almost everybody is in, was in agreement with you. They thought that it made sense to have Narita and Umino. And given the way they pushed Umino in particular this past year, Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's bewildering. And given the fact that they were supposed to have a youth movement and be, you know, escalating the push and the the movement of these younger returning from excursion guys, um, to stardom. Plus the fact that when I say stardom, I mean, super stardom, not the women's promotion. (laughs) Um, and given the fact that we've had so many people leave new japan in recent years it feels like the the time is now to start elevating and, and positioning these these guys and i'm not saying they needed to be in the main event or fighting for the new supposed white belt against osprey in particular all that although that would have been cool but something but right now we're uh, like a month out and we don't know what any of them are doing and the viability of them doing anything that's actually meaningful is very limited very unlikely and uh it's a it's a bit depressing and it, it's an indictment on the booking it seems like booking malpractice amongst other things that are already on the card like i mean i'm not gonna get into it but you know this is not the greatest Kingdom card you've ever seen and you know this
1: doesn't help and and the thing that makes uh, this whole uminota rita decision even worse is the fact that they're following this up with the great match that Umino had against Osprey at Power Struggle, uh, a match of the year contender, a star-making performance. Like, there's so much goodwill for Umino after that match. He had so much momentum after that. And then I feel like they just kind of, like, popped the balloon here by having him, you know, being out. Like I said, you know, maybe we need to, you know, quote-unquote, let it play out, and it will all make sense in the end. But right now, it's not making sense, and I feel like if I am, you know, he lost Osprey, but it was a great match, like, I would follow that up with him being in this, winning this tournament. Right. And, I mean, you know, and we'll move on, but
0: what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Like, what, it, it, I know that we need to let it play out, and I know that, it, okay, like, for instance, I've said in the past, Gato loves to book heartbreaks but the heartbreak shouldn't be taking place on night 11 of the World Tag Leagues. You know, you do that at the finals. You do that in the Tokyo Dome or something of that nature. You don't do it in a in a unspecified gymnasium on night 11 of the Tag Leagues, especially considering how great their run has been in the tournament thus far. And even just this past week, look at the, the great matches they had with team noah and then chaos and then tmdk those are three of the best matches of the entire tournament back to back to back and now they're out so what what are we doing and maybe we'll sound like fools when we listen back to this audio when they do the big angle on on world tag league finals this coming sunday but right now it just feels like
1: fuck bro why well, the thing is, you can't really book a lot of heartbreak when people are leaving the company. <laughs> like, you need to create new stars. You need to start pushing people. You need to make people look like winners and stars. Like, you don't really have the, you know, leniency to yeah doing this, you know, three-year, we're going to beat them for three years, and then they're finally going to triumph. Like, we need to start hot-shotting some guys and, and making some stars. So, uh, the next team, Great Ocon and Hanare, they are also 3-3 and with 6 points. Night 7, they defeated the House of Torture in 2 minutes and 38 seconds. Night 9, they lost to the War Dogs. And night 11, they defeated the Gates of Agony. Yeah, so again, I'm only up to night 7 in this block, realistically.
0: Um, I... Didn't see the other two matches, but uh, they did beat these men in two minutes and thirty-eight seconds. The house of torture got
1: them out of there quick. <laughs> cheating. Let's hear it for cheating. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm really glad that match was so short. Um, and then like I already talked about the War Dogs match. Uh, the Gates of Agony match was uh, pretty interesting. You know, they had Hanare and uh, Toa Leona kind of facing off. You know, both of the, the island kind of background. They were like doing the haka to each other and kind of doing the primal screams and stuff like that. So they built an interesting story there uh, between those guys. But ultimately, they got the win, and there seems to be a tease of Hanare, Ocon, and some third member of the Empire challenging Gates of Agony and Brian Cage for the Ring of Honor six-man titles. We do have Final Battle, coming up in a couple weeks. So maybe we'll see. You now. have final battle coming up. I do not. Well, I just mean in general, I will, will <laughs> if there's a great match I watch, I will not be ordering final battle. Um, you don't
0: even have to order it, bro. That's how bad it is. All you got to do is subscribe to honor club for $9.99 and you can watch it, but you're not even willing to pay the 9 dollars <laughs> <just> to subscribe.
1: <laughs> you know, I'll put on my Xandicon uh, jr eye patch and watch it, you know <laughs> find a way after the show's been out if you know what I'm
0: saying. <laughs> oh my god, a pirate a pirate podcaster.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah so they're te- <clears throat> they're teasing uh United Empire against uh Mughal Embassy for the ROH six man titles.
0: Nothing screams Mogul Embassy more than Brian the Machine Cage. (laughs) Uh, Mogul. When I think of Jay-Z, I think of Brian Cage.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I I wish they would have uh, brought Nana over with these guys for the the tour. That would have been a lot of fun.
0: But he wouldn't be able to do the the Blue League or whatever the fuck it is.
1: Well, he's not allowed to anyway because there's no seconds in the... Continental Classic. Well, th- this just shows you I'm not watching that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a question here from the Discord Daddy MJSPR. He says, I really love the Gates of Agony versus United Empire match. The in match storytelling between Hanare and Toa Leona was top notch. How difficult is it to design a match like that and hit all those story beats for just one match against opponents you've never wrestled before?
0: I don't know, bro. I've only had two matches, and they were all laid out for me, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't see this match, so I can't really speak to it too much, but uh, I will be checking it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we know that uh, kind of the New Japan style thing is that they don't really plan out a lot of stuff. I, don't, I know with Toa and Khan not being totally familiar with that style, maybe they did plan some more stuff out here, but. I thought they did a good job. And yeah, I thought Toa um, and Hanare both looked good in there together. So the next team here uh, Kaito Kiyamiya and Rei Oiwa, they are two and four of four points. Night seven, they defeated, or yeah, they lost to, excuse me, night seven, they lost to uh, Narita and Umino. Night nine, they lost to TMDK. And night nine, uh, night eleven, they lost to the chaos team of Ishii and Yano.
0: We got questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Rambone Slam Pig says, Was eliminating Oiwa and Kiyomiya on the same day as Shota and Ren, specifically designed as a taunt to all the fans clamoring for the youth to be placed in prominent spots? Is this some kind of meta heat thing Gator was putting us through to make the breakthrough better?
0: I don't know. Maybe. But, you know, they, they didn't push. I mean, bro. Kiyomiya lost his feud with uh <laughs> with Okada with no hint of a follow-up ever to be heard of again. You know, um uh, he he lost you know his bid in the G1, uh didn't even make it as a finalist, and now he's in the World Tag League, and he didn't even final he's not gonna be a finalist in this thing either. Even though this team has had a, a really great run, it's bewildering. Again. And You know, granted, only so many teams could have gotten through. I'm not saying it needed to be all of these teams that I liked because it is a stacked tournament. There's a lot of great teams, but the fact that there's this many people sitting out and you've got two, you know, veteran teams still in, in the A block is, you know, it just doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, I wasn't really expecting Kiyomiya and Oiwa to be on top. Just, you know, A, based off of Kiyomi as 2-Japan booking, and then uh, B, you know, Oiwa's still a, a young lion. He's on excursion. He's not, you know, fully, you know, back in his full form. So I was expecting him to eat a lot of pins, which he did this past week.
0: One One thing I will say, if hypothetically... On any level, New Japan had any aspiration to obtain the services of one Kaito Kiyomiya. This is not the way you do it, all right? <laughs> you do what Tony Khan did, you know? You roll out the red the red carpet for just Will Ospreay, and then you sign his ass. That's what New Japan should have been doing with Kiyomiya if, in fact, they wanted the guy. I don't even know if they do want the guy, but, you know, this doesn't scream good business, uh, you know, relations between them and Noah. And it doesn't scream a lot of faith and confidence in Kiyomiya. It's, it's a weird philosophy. I don't really support it. And uh, I'm wondering what's the point. Like, I love the idea of having all these international teams and interpromotional shit. But when you got the ACE of the other company in there, you push the fucking ACE. I don't get it.
1: Well, clearly they don't, they don't see him as an, an ACE in new Japan.
0: <laughs> and and they don't in Noah either. And Noah is not without blame because once again they've allowed their top guy or was top guy i don't know i don't watch the the company but that's my understanding he was for many years he was always slotted that way and and booked and pushed that way and until recent times why are you letting this guy go up to this point you know two and four and why are you doing favors for new japan by trying to build up the future of their company in OIWA while to the detriment of your company. What the fuck are you doing?
1: Right. You're trying to tell me there's, there's not somebody else on the Noah roster that they could have stuck oil with. That's, you know, a mid Carter, upper mid Carter and not bro, their top main event guy,
0: bro. Fuck, fuck that. OIWA's was not coming to our company. You, you do that to kill That's it. We don't work together ever again. Okay. Kiyomiya should never been allowed to work a G1 or to headline with with uh, Okada and be hoed the way that he has, and now he's getting hoed once again. And you know what that makes Noah look like? A bunch of fucking hoes, bro. What are
1: we doing? <laughs> it makes him look like Noah trash.
0: Yeah, this is terrible. And I don't like it. I personally don't like it at all. I don't think that th- this is a good way to do business. Just like I don't like it when AW does it to... To New Japan. I don't like it when New Japan does it to Noah because it's not beneficial to the overall ecosystem of professional wrestling as a whole. You know, you can't treat stars this way because it's not, it's it's to the detriment of the business overall. It doesn't make sense. There's no money in it.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, moving on here, we have Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. They're sitting at two and four, four points on night seven. They lost to the United Empire, night 9, they defeated the Gates of Agony, and night 11, they lost to the War Dogs. And we had a question here from uh, Templar235, says, So, did anybody really think Gates of Agony had joined House of Torture? Seemed like an obvious angle, but it got reported by WON, for example. I do think that there were quite a few people that
0: were not actually watching the tournament and just saw the the highlight, you know, Gates of Agony join House of Torture. There were a lot of people that thought it was real. I mean, I don't think that, uh, you know, present company ever believed that that was what was actually taking place, considering the fact that they were facing House of Torture the very next tournament evening. But uh, I do think a lot of people thought it was real.
1: Yeah, like you mentioned, yeah, especially with big sites like Wrestling Observer and, and Fightful, all kind of putting this, this you know thing out. You know, oh, they they've joined House of Torture, and like I made a joke about it in our group chat. I'm like, you know, Swerve's done something; these boys, you know, unsupervised, you know, messing around with the wrong folks. But you know, it was all a ruse for them to try and get a one up on them the following night, which backfired on them, which made Gates of Agony look really dumb that they yep did this whole plan and. Totally blew up in their face. Yeah, they still lost.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, the one thing I can say, two and four. Good job, Gato. (laughs) House of Torture.
1: (laughs) Losers. You know, maybe Gato's not all also bad after all.
0: (laughs) Not all bad. Just some bad.
1: Uh, Then the last team here, Gates of Agony, Bishop Khan, Toa Leona. They are one and five. Two points. Night 7, they got their first win by defeating the War Dogs. Night 9, losing to House of Torture. And night 11, they lost to the United Empire. And we have a question here from Rambone Slam Pig. Any thoughts on how Gates of Agony have performed on this tour that benefits of a mini excursion for talent like them? And if it meets a need for NJPW to provide a variety and fresh matchups with outsiders who don't need to be super protected?
0: I I uh I don't agree with that, to be honest with you. I, I think that I I they don't need to be at the tip top of the tournament necessarily, but they shouldn't be one and five. And the only kind of person I think this would appeal to are those who hate the idea of AEW having any success in new japan and they, <laughs> they want to stick it to old tk and they're like fuck yeah fuck yeah mocks can't lose but we're gonna show the the gates of agony you know like <laughs> i don't know that i don't see who this where's the money in this how does this benefit anybody sure they are a younger tag team in term, not in terms of age but in terms of ring time and experience they are getting a taste of japan they are getting uh, a lot of uh ring time in a short period of of time and and they're getting to work with a lot of different opponents and it's it is a great experience for them from that aspect but they should be protected to some degree otherwise they can't ever come back and it also doesn't do them any favors when not that aw is going to even acknowledge what occurred in this tournament, other than the fact they'll be like they just competed in the World Tag League, they
1: just came back from Japan. <laughs> they just came back from Japan. They were competing in the World Tag League, but other
0: than that, like you know, it's not like this is going to be acknowledged. But for New Japan, if you wanted to bring them back, you know, the same way how they've cultivated, uh, you know, the ability to bring back, say, Lance Archer, who's not super pushed in AW, it's pretty much done. What's the point? You 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 killed them. They're one in five. I Last week, we were talking about how they still looked strong, had the eye of the fire and all that. And Granted, I didn't see Night 9 and, and Night 11, but, you know, uh or actually, I did see Night 9. I, I saw them lose to House of Torture, and that's where I was like, damn, they lost to the House of Torture after they were supposed to have outsmarted them? They look like fucking losers. Yeah. Everything I said <laughs> last week has been negated. What is the point,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah they look like absolute geeks after that whole... Angle Um, so yeah I think you know for them As workers I think it's beneficial For them to wrestle in a different Company get experience Wrestling other people I think it's beneficial for them but It does hurt their stock like why Would a New Japan fan want This team to come back next year With them only being One and five potentially going to be Like two and six maybe they can Win their last match
0: Right, and me as a pragmatist, I don't want to see them back for their own sake because they're not getting booked well, you know. Um the matches have been good, crowd reaction's have been fine, but they should be doing better, you know. 1 in 1 in 5 is just fucking ridiculous. That's terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's move on to the B block. So we have uh, four teams that are still alive on top of the B block. So first team here, Monster Sauce, Lance Archer, and Alex Zane. They are four and two with eight points. On night eight, they defeated just five guys, team of Taichi and Yuyamura Mora. Night ten, they lost to Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata, and then night twelve, they lost to Yota Tsuji and Zander Jr. So they were undefeated until the final two nights here. Yeah.
0: Okay. So momentum is not on their side, but they are still at, sitting at the you know at at a tight spot for the top of the block. I I, I really enjoy the team. Uh, they have a lot of just incredibly. Uh, innovative offense, a lot of really cool stuff that they do, the blending of their styles. I enjoy them as a tag team quite a bit. Wouldn't be surprised if uh, by the time we're talking next week, they're not in the top four or, you know,
1: I guess by the time we talk next week, the tournament will be
0: over, huh? Yeah.
1: Finals are on Sunday. So uh, next week we'll be reviewing the finals. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make it to the final
0: four, but, Uh, I'm glad to see them here at the top and I feel like they really are one of the few teams that I mean the only team together for one tour prior to this it was just a few times they feel established like this could actually be something moving forward provided they want to continue with it
1: yeah I love this team they they work and gel so well together just from their look to all the in-ring double team combos are doing I love the chokeslam into the moonsault that they do. They have a thing where Alex Zane looks like he's going to tilt a world. Uh, Archer, he tilt a them into a cannonball to the opponent in the corner. Um, they just have all these cool, innovative double teams. And You, you know Archer, he, for a big guy, he's flying around just as much as Zane is and he's bringing a lot of intensity and energy. You know, a lot of these quiet, uh, quiet crowds, you know, Archer gets in there, he gets them fired up and he's doing the primal screams and just flying all over the place. So, yeah, this has been uh probably one of my favorite teams to watch in the B block and um I hope they get through to the semifinals. Like I think they should be like an established team. I mean, AW doesn't really do much with Archer anyway, and when they do use him, he's you know, jobbing to somebody. Um uh, I-, I would love for them to find a way to make Monster Sauce a more regular team in the future. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I love the, the the match with Suzuki. Um, you know Archer uh, obviously history there with Archer being a former member of Suzuki Gun, and uh, he he brought a Suzuki Gun shirt uh at the match, and he you know said we were brothers, and he threw it down. He's like, but not tonight. Tonight we compete, and so fun stuff there. So it was an interesting uh, interaction with Suzuki and uh, Archer uh, in the ring, and after the match, Suzuki gave respect uh, to Archer and Zayn. And then the uh the match with Suji and Xanacon Jr., seeing Suji and Archer mix it up was really fun. Uh, and so that was another uh, fun match. I definitely uh, recommend checking that one out. Uh, we had a question here from Barry Walsh. With Alex Zane still over like mad in Japan and doing great in the ring, on top of being over, and with Will also leaving, how well do you see him doing in AEW when they sign him after New Japan drags their feet again?
0: Um... And this is archer uh zane um i'm I'm not convinced that they one hundred percent will sign him, although they probably should,
1: yeah I think that's the point he's making he he feels like new Japan is gonna drop the ball and let AEW sign zane before they they sign him
0: um i mean yeah that that that's definitely a possibility um but you know it's one of those things where it's like I, I think there's only so much to right now the way I see it and I'm not trying to be negative in any way. I think that Alexane is a top talent in certain regards, but I don't think he's a complete package at this current time. I think that there's definitely upside and things there's a a foundation to build on and I feel like the tag team with him and Archer is, is one of those things for sure. But um I don't currently see like for instance, if we're if what we're trying to say is that Zane should replace someone the ilk of like Osprey as a top of the card act, I just don't see it current day. I'm not saying that he couldn't develop into that, but um, that's not where I see him personally at this point in time.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think he. I think New Japan should sign him. Um, And use him more in Japan I mean we do see how over he is And the whole Taco Bell sponsorship And the whole combo deal there Um, I think he would definitely be an asset to New Japan And maybe you could build him to the point Where he does become a top foreigner But I think the one cool thing That's the cool thing about Osprey leaving Is it does open the door For potential new foreigners To come in and be elevated You know we have the war dogs um, And then you have a guy like Alex Zane Where uh, with Osprey out of the way, you could uh, potentially elevate a guy like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, we had questions recently about where we saw all these different um, kind of foreigners, and in, in the light of Will Osprey leaving, and the reality is they've got quite a pipeline of top end talent when it comes to to Gaijin talent out there.
1: Yeah. So next team here from Just5Guys, Taichi and Yuya Yuomura. They are also 4-2 and of 8 points. Night 8 dropping to Monster Sauce. Night 10, they rebounded by defeating the CMLL team of Atlantis Jr. and Soberano Jr. And then on night 12, they lost to the Rogue Army.
0: Yeah, um, this is another team that... You know, um, one of the comments earlier mentioned that they had Taichi and Yuimura, you know, going to the finals. And I think they kind of alluded to the idea that they were knocked out. So, uh, you know, again, I, I wasn't privy to where everybody was, but um, they're not knocked out. They're literally tied for first place. So they're doing really well. And, you know, Yuimura is one of the few young guys that is still in the running.
1: Yeah, I think that the question earlier was saying that they, they were hoping that you, you would get this young final and have Umino and Rita again in there against um, Taichi and Yomura, Uh kind of gotcha. like those guys together. But yeah, they, they're they doing well. Um, I think they've been a fun team. They've been uh, gelling well together. And what do you make? I think we might have talked about it last week, but I don't remember. Like, There's been a lot of people that kind of say that, you know, Yomora kind of seems like he's not interested or he kind of has a boo-boo face or he's not fully... Uh, in it, I know you haven't seen all the matches, but what from what you've seen so far, do you, are you getting that kind of vibe from your I,
0: I was initially, but as they've been winning, I haven't seen so much of that. I don't know if maybe that was just kind of tied around the storyline that was playing out on screen for those few nights with him and Suji. And maybe it's not so much centered around a, a full tournament narrative, but I don't know. I haven't seen all these nights. So what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, I think he's Looking good, I don't kind of see What a lot of people are saying Like, oh, he's not fully there, he's not fully drawn I think he's looked really, really good I just feel like his aesthetic Doesn't really fit just five guys And maybe that's part of the issue You know, he has this whole heat storm and, You know, he looks and sounds like This, you know, kind of classic Bay face, but he's kind of In this weird group of just five guys And he has this kind of bright colors and they're more of a dark colors, So I think it's just a weird dynamic, and he's, I think, trying to find his footing there. But he's been having some really good uh, matches here, and these guys here are top of the block. I did shake my head when I saw him, uh, you know, eat a bad luck fall and get pinned by bad luck folly today. Um, (laughs) But uh, Well, you
0: know how it is with that. Anybody gets hit with that bad luck fall, it doesn't matter who they are. That's it.
1: Yeah, but of all of the things, like really, we we, we need to pin Mora with Fale. Come on, uh, but besides that, yeah, Taichi Yomora, they are they're sitting good right here.
0: Yes, uh, but at the same time, like you said, they just took a loss to Bad Luck uh, Fale and the Rogue Army. So you know, um, they've lost two out of their last three. They're not necessarily in the most uh, again. Um, They don't have all the momentum behind them and neither do monster sauce, but they're sitting at the top of the block.
1: Yeah. Well, another team that also has uh, eight points that are four and two are the strong open weight tag team champions, Hikaleo and El Phantasmo, the gorillas of destiny. So night eight, they defeated Suzuki and Nagata. Night 10, they defeated the Rogue Army. And then on night 12, they defeated the CMLL team of Atlantis Jr. and Soberano Jr.
0: Yeah. Um, again, last week I mentioned how this was a team that, even though from an aesthetic and storyline standpoint, I wasn't necessarily the most invested in them, I, I do feel like they've made strides and improvements through the course of this tournament. Uh obviously they are the current reigning um strong open weight tag team champions so that also kind of accounts for something, but they're getting quite the push here. Um And the last match I saw of theirs was the Suzuki Nagata match, which they picked up the win there, but you know, they're, they're three for three. They, uh, in the last three nights, they've got the actual momentum that I was saying was lacking from the first two teams. They've got that behind them. And, uh, you know, how many more actual tournament nights does B-Block have?
1: So the b Two? Uh, one? Let me see. They have... So the A-Block final night is December 6th, and then the B-Block final night is December 7th. So they, there's only one more night of B-Block action. Okay, gotcha. So,
0: again, and- yeah, with these four teams, we're looking and i guess we'll 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 talk uh scenarios here but uh i won't be surprised if hickaleo and el Fantasmo, given the type of push and given how many main events they've had throughout the tour if they don't wind up being a finalist or one of the top two teams coming out of b block
1: yeah and they are the strong tag champion champions and they did <clears throat> defeat bishamon um in the tournament as well so They positioned them really good here. They are champions, um, so I can definitely see them going into the Final Four. Like you said, they picked up um, momentum. They had a lot of fun matches. Um, ELP mixing it up with uh, Soberano and Atlantis was uh, cool to watch today. Lots of flips. Um, So, yeah, these these guys have picked things up here. Uh, And then the last team that's still alive are the IWGP Tag Team Champions, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. They are 3, 2, and 1 with 7 points. So on night 8, they wrestled the CMLL team to a 30-minute time limit draw. Then night 10, they defeated Suji and Zandokan Jr. And then night 12, they defeated Suzuki and Nagata.
0: Yes, um, so that time limit draw was quite something. That's one of the um, few ever time limit draws in the history of the world tag league and actually i think it's the only time limit drawn in the history of the world tag league as the tournament name is known today but in the course of the history of the various different iterations of this tournament in new japan history there's only been a couple um so that was pretty surprising and uh that does kind of lead me believe that we're we might see ourselves in a situation where bishamon um are just kind of sitting Outside of contention to get into a top four spot, based on that draw.
1: Yeah, so here's what the final situation looks like. So uh, for the B block final night, it's going to be Girls of Destiny versus Monster Sauce, and then Bishamon versus Just Five Guys. So all four teams that are alive are facing each other. So it's going to be winner you're in for both those matches. Okay, so for Essentially,
0: all four teams. You win the match, you get in. Period.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, cause, okay. Because God and uh, Monster Sauce, they're both at eight. So the winner would get to ten. And then just five guys and Go To Yoshihashi if five guys wins. They get to the ten. If uh, Go To Yoshihashi win, then they get to the nine.
0: Here's my only question with that. Then why do the time limit
1: draw? Well, again, maybe you want uh, to get Goto and to nine, maybe. I I don't know. For some reason, I don't know.
0: Sure. I I mean, yeah, if you want them to uh, be one of the finalists and go in as number two. But there's so many teams that have already beaten them that have the tiebreaker regardless. That just seems weird to me, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't don't know. Maybe they were just trying to give some shine to Silverano and and, um, Atlantis Jr., Without beating them, but showing that they were, you know,
0: uh, a team that were able to go the distance with them. Sure. I mean, Yeah, that's fine. It was a great
1: match. I, I just I thought the points would matter a little bit more down the stretch, but that's yeah. fine. Unless maybe that's the, the sign that they want Bishamon to go through. Maybe maybe Montresauce beats G.O.D. And then you have Bishamon beat Taichi and Uemura and they go through with uh, nine points.
0: I don't know. I mean, it's like what you said, basically, win and you're in for each team. So uh, that that whole time limit draws weird to me regardless.
1: So out of these teams that are alive, who would you want to see going to the semis? Sure. Um, So you said, again, you said it's Monster Sauce versus G.O.D.? Yep.
0: Okay. Um, And then conversely, you got um, just five guys against Bishamon. Yeah, see, that's a tough one because Bishamon is three, two and one. And I don't know if I love the idea of, I don't love the idea of Bishamon going to the final four, but I, I don't love the idea of them being three, three and one at the end of the day when their tournaments wrapped up. That seems not the greatest when you're talking about like the top tag team in, in the
1: country or in the, you know, in, in the company. Right, yeah. You know, normally a champion if they're not making to the finals, they they're at least like second place.
0: Right. Um then again, I mean, you know, the, the fan of me, I want to see Tai Chi and Yuimora go to the finals. Um, but I don't know if that's feasible given the situation they're in. Um I'll I'll say it like this. I would rather see Tai Chi and Yuimora go through, but based on the point totals, I bet you fisherman's probably going through
1: yeah i think that, that makes the most sense like why else do the draw and i can understand wanting them to go to the semifinals like they are the tag champions like they are you know one of the best teams in the company like kayfabe wise so you you would want those you would think those guys would at least get to the semifinals um so yeah they can get the semis lose to a team from a block and not make it to the finals And then
0: um, on the other side of things, I would like, I mean, I I really like Lance Archer and uh, Alex Zane quite a bit. They might even be my favorite tag team in this block that are still alive. But I I get the feeling that the other, I think the two tag team champions are going through. I think we'll see um, G.O.D. number one for the B block and number two Bishamon.
1: I'm going to lean, I'm going to go with Monster Sauce just for the fact that they already lost to G.O.D. this year on uh, one of those New Japan Strong shows, so I think this could be them getting their win back, you can do another tile match with them, and then uh, you get them into the semis.
0: Sure. Um, Okay, well then, let's talk about, well, I guess we should move, we can talk about final scenarios here in a bit, let's uh, wrap up with these other teams that are losers (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh so yeah so with six points we have yota suji and Xandacon jr they're three and three night eight they lost to the rogue army night 10 they lost to bishamon and then night 12 they got a win over monster sauce
0: one of the um one of the kind of talking points i saw sort of bandied about online was that Xandacon jr was making a play to potentially be a an official lij member i don't know if there's any truth to that have you seen anything
1: so uh the post-match promo again obviously wasn't translated yet so i was just putting pieces together but suji did say something like Xanacon jr los ingobernables and naito and shingo were both on commentary and he like called like he called it like naito shingo he said something like Xanacon jr los ingobernables so it does sound like he was kind of asking or saying i don't know that he wants uh Xanacon to be a part of the group well, you know they already have
0: Titan as a official member of the group, and he is a, you know sort of the representative remaining from CMLL. Xandicón um, also wrestles there. I I haven't gotten around to being able to uh, start my official watch of CMLL, although I do <laughs> plan on it. <laughs> but I don't know what the relation between those two individuals is like. You know, back in the day, um, you know, for a quick history lesson for those who are not aware. Um, you know, Los Ingranables de Japón, L.I.J., is the offshoot brand of Los Ingranables from CMLL back in the day, which, um, you know, was a a huge group at the time consisting of Roosh and um, La Sombra. uh, Terrible. Yeah, El Terrible. And I don't think there is currently a Los Angeles group in CMLL. I don't even know what the uh, legality of using that name right now even is, but I wouldn't be opposed to the idea of there being another uh, Los Angeles group or an LIJ representative in CMLL kind of strengthen that relationship, uh, you know, kind of piggybacking off some of the work that's been done with Teton and then some of the relations that have been strengthened with Rocky over the past year.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be great. I think Xanacon Jr. is awesome. He fits everything about LIJ. So, yeah, I think it'd be super cool if they did uh, go forward and and add him to the group. Yeah, you can have him and Teton team in Mexico together. Yeah,
0: plus, you know, uh, Fantastica Mania is right around the corner. I don't know if they've announced Xanacon as uh, someone on that tour, but I would love to have him back
1: soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, another team, uh, Atlantis Jr. and Sobrano Jr., they are two, three, and one with five points. Like we mentioned, they have the uh, 30-man time draw on night eight with Bishamon. Night 10, they lost to Taichi and Yomora. And then on night 12, they lost to Phantasmo and Hikaleo. This booking, the two, three, and one, is the kind
0: of booking that, like, say, for instance, Ace Agony probably should have received, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you win some, you have some great showings. You lose a little bit more than you win, but you have the big statement match against the champions going the distance. And, you know, um, night in, night out, you get a lot of great experience. The fans come to know you more. And when Atlantis and Soberano come back uh, next year for CM, you know, CML is going to push them, but also when they come back as uh, part of the Fantastic Mania Tour, which uh, granted, New Japan audience is not strangers to these names, but they will be even more over. This is the way you utilize outside tag teams and talent when you have them.
1: Yeah. And they've been a lot of fun to watch. I think it's, it's been great to have a uh, CMLL team in this tournament. Lots of flips. Uh, again, the, the, when they were in there, Fantasmo, that was a lot of fun to watch. Um, and, you know, they can also, they can throw the hard hitting too. They're, they're throwing some hard chops in there with uh, Taichi and Yomura on night ten. I yeah. noticed that they've been they've
0: been throwing some big chops and big elbows and you know that's one of the things that uh, it is kind of a, a bit of a shock when you watch uh, Lucha Libre. Uh, very often they're not really throwing believable, hard hitting strikes like you're used to in say Perezu, but these guys kind of you know they got the the
1: they understood the assignment. They're out <laughs> there banging. Yeah, and um, you know, the bishop match was. A really fun match, and I was not expecting them to go the, the time limit draw because, like you mentioned, it's been so rare in uh, World Tag League that you, you see these kind of draws. And um, so, yeah, they went the time limit, and that was a really fun main event. So, next team uh, Rogue Army, Bad Luck Falle, and Jack Bonza. They are two and four at four points. Night eight, they defeated Suji and Sandacon. Night 10, they lost to Phantasma and Higaleo. And then on night 12, they defeated Taichi and Yomura. Yeah, they're there to to make the math work,
0: beat some guys to spoil them, beat some guys to bring them down to the point totals, make a little bit more sense. And, uh, you know, that is what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Bondo's been fine. Fale is fale. <laughs> Um, Yeah.
0: He likes to stand on guys' backs. That's his thing.
1: Tong, Tongan massage parlor. parlor.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, the last he team. likes to
0: swindle guys out of their money. For
1: <laughs> you know? Uh, it is what it is. Then the, the last team here, Yuji Nagata. Was it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> Minoru Suzuki. They're 1-5 they're with two points. Uh, night 8, they lost to Fantasmo Hikaleo. Night 8, Ten, they got their first win over Zane and Archer, and then on night twelve, they lost to Bishamon.
0: Yeah, when you told me that they they beat Monster Sauce, I was surprised by that because they've already lost so many matches in the tournament, and then they turn around and dropped another one to Bishamon. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't know that there's no love lost between these two guys. They've had dissension the entire time. It's been it's been. Uh, a fun little experiment this is sort of what you expect to see with dads in, in the tournament and uh that's where we're at
1: yeah and I'll see uh, you mentioned just the whole you know can they coexist no <laughs> they've been you know chopping for tags and arguing with each other and even the one match they did win Suzuki showed respect to Archer and Zane and he walked right right past Nagata even though Nagata <laughs> Nagata was the one that got the win for the team in that match
0: well, uh, that's going to do it for our review of the blocks. Let's jump into upcoming nights. So um, this coming Wednesday, the 6th, World Tag League Night 13A Block Finals from Karatsu Athletic Stadium, uh, we open up the show with Atlantis Jr., Sobrano Jr., Tiger Mask, and Hanma taking on the LIJ team, Bushi, Shingo, Suji and
1: a mystery partner. Xanacon, uh, sorry, I copied this from... Uh- Cage match, they haven't. Oh, up- I was like,
0: Who are they teaming with? <laughs> Who did I miss? They didn't update yeah, the card
1: with a Z.
0: And then, um, second match of the night, Monster Sauce and Wato team up to take on the GOD team of ELP, Hikaleo, and Jado. Third match of the night, Suzuki, Taguchi, and Nagata take on the Bull Club team of Fale, Bonza, and Ishimori. Fourth match of the night, you got Got, uh, Goto, Okada, and Yoshihashi. Taking on uh, along with Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on the Just Five Guys team of Doki, Sonata, Taichi, and Yumura. And then in tournament action, you've got Narita, Umino, taking on Evil and Yujiro. All four men are eliminated. Um, the sixth match of the night, the Chaos team of Ishii and Yano versus uh, the United Empire team of Okan and Hinari. Yano and Ishii control their destiny. If they win, they are in the finals. But if they lose, then uh, War Dogs versus TMDK will determine the first and second place winners of the tournament or of the A block. Seventh match of the night, you've got TMDK versus Bull Club War Dogs. Um, Coglin and Gabe Kid, and then the eighth match of the night, Kiyomiya, Oiwa versus the Gates of Agony. All four men are eliminated. I'm assuming that, based on what I'm reading here, this is not the actual lineup for these final four matches.
1: Correct. Yeah, the the full card order has not been announced as of this recording for the final A block night and final B block night.
0: So, okay, so it's very likely. Just guessing, but it's very likely we'll see Team DK and War, War Dogs in the finals, and then earlier somewhere on the card. Uh, in the in the last four matches, you'll see the Chaos team versus United Empire. Would be interesting, though, it would be interesting if hypothetically Team DK and War Dogs faced off earlier in the night, and then in the final match of the night, you had Chaos versus United Empire. If they're in, they win. And if they lose, then the other two teams both make it
1: through from the results of what already occurred. Yeah, I think for an excitement standpoint, that would be that would be better. Yeah, have a uh, UE versus Chaos the main event, and then have TMDK War Dogs be the semi main. Uh, I did have a question from Discord Daddy. Any teams that have outperformed your expectations,
0: and any that have underperformed?
1: Um, I don't know if there's any teams that have outperformed my expectations, but I mean, I've really enjoyed Monster Sauce uh they've been a lot of fun to watch. Kid and Coglin have been awesome, Narita and Umino, uh TMDK, but uh, all those guys are really good, so it's not like they overshot my expectations. The teams that I knew were going to be bad were
0: pretty much serviceable at best, you know? So they were in most cases better than I thought they'd be, and the teams that I thought were going to be good were in many cases better than I expect them to be. The, the tour overall has been a lot better than I thought it was going to be in general, except for the booking. Yeah. Um, the other question that dude named menace asked, does this edition of the tag league seem lackluster?
1: No, like we're saying, uh, this has been one of the, the better world tag leagues as far as in ring quality since we've been doing the show in 2017. Um, a lot of really good teams, a lot of really great matches in this tour. The, uh, we said the one thing that it's hurting it, I think the two things that are hurting this tournament, A, the booking, and then B, not having English co- commentary sooner because I think a lot of Western fans are not paying attention or jumping in because they don't have the English commentary.
0: World Tag League 2023, night 14. This is coming up the next night on December the 7th from Miyakonojo Nojo City. Hayamizu Sports Cultural Center. Uh, we don't have the undercard, which is fine because I don't want to read all that. But uh, the top four matches of the evening, you've got Atlantis Junior, Soberano Junior versus Zandukan Junior and Yotsuji. So lots of high flying CMLL action in that one. Flips. All teams are eliminated. Flips. And then um, after that, you've got Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata versus the Rogue Armies, Bad Luck Fale and Jack Bonza. All four men are eliminated. And then the final two matches of the evening, you got Monster Sauce versus G.O.D., as well as Bishamon versus Just Five Guys. The winners of those two matches will go on to the finals. And then um, on December the 8th, from City, Macazono Arena, we will have World Tag League 2023 semifinals. And uh, the way that, again, that will work is number one from A Block fights number two from B Block and then number two from um, A Block fights number one from B Block. The winner of those two matches will go on to the uh, Grand Meze Kumamoto Finals on December the 10th, this coming Sunday, uh, where we will see uh, the new winners of the World Tag League 2023. Um, We do have a question, but before we jump into that, Jeremy, I guess we should just unpack it. What are we thinking? what What's your predictions? What are my predictions? What are we gonna see here?
1: All right, so from a block, I'm booking uh war dogs um, and War dogs and Ishi and Yano to go through. Wow. Okay. Well,
0: let me ask you this uh, just to kind of help me out. So I've got War Dogs as well
1: as TMDK going through. Actually, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to go with TMDK also. All right. Okay. So
0: if they both win their matches, oh, okay. So the way that that works is whoever wins the match between those two is one and two. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So that kind of soli- okay, that's gonna help me out there. Doing some real time doing
1: some real time math here on the show. Yeah, pulling up pulling my notes here. So uh so if the the War Dogs have to win to get in, so I would have well I guess yeah, the winner is first and second. So who are you gonna have win that that match would be your your A one? For
0: me, to completely depend on how things shake out for the B block, and ter- just for my booking, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I have for the B block, I've got uh, God beating Monster Sauce, and then um, Bishamon beating uh, just five guys. So at that point, that means I'm essentially picking God to be one. And Bishamon to be two just by because they've already got the tiebreaker and the points on them, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with Monster Sauce and Bishamon. Gotcha.
0: So for me, then, the, I think the thing that makes the most sense is. Ooh, see, GOD and Bishamon are both baby faces. So War Dogs could hypothetically fight either of them. Um, I think that I'm gonna have War Dogs versus Bishamon, and TMDK versus GOD.
1: Okay, I'm gonna do Monster Sauce versus War Dogs, and then Bishamon versus TMDK, and then you can finally have. TMDK get their win back on Bishamon, they go to the finals, and then I would do... Man, see, I, I hate these finals. Yeah. The hard thing I, is... I'm not a fan of these finals
0: at all, now that I'm seeing it on paper. I'm like, is this really what we're doing?
1: Yeah, because I... I, I... <sighs> Because if War Dogs win, the way I have it set up, then you have a rematch of War Dogs and TMDK from A Block. Uh, Having Bishamon in there at at all kind of ruins
0: the mojo entirely for me. Yeah. Fuck, bro. I don't know. Um, At this point, you might as well just have fucking G.O.D. go through, win, (laughs) win both of them, and just unify the fucking titles. Because, you know... The women's titles basically don't exist anymore. You could just unify those shits, and then the other the 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 never men's title or the strong open weight men's title is about to get unified into the AEW triple crown. So I don't know. You might as well just have God go to the Tokyo Dome, whatever.
1: (laughs) Oh man i I want actually I actually want War Dogs to win, but. Yeah, the scenario you laid out could make sense if they're trying to get rid of the strong titles. Yeah, you have, you know, you you already had uh what's his face uh, Obari tweeting out, you know, is Strong greater than IWGP? You, you do the unification match at the Dome. Did he say that? Yeah, he he put out a question. He was like, after uh, they beat Bishamon, he was like, is Strong greater than IWGP? Well,
0: the other thing too that's uh, you know, if you have War Dogs and Team DK, both get through as opposed to chaos, then that opens up the possibility of a rematch somewhere down the line between those two teams again, which mm. I, I hate when they do this with tag teams. We've seen it all year long where they do stuff like that. But then if you have bishop on in there, you're, you're, you're creating even more potential for multiple rematches, mm-hmm. but that's all kind of classic Gato booking. And I hate it.
1: Yeah. Um I, I think when you lay it all out, I think it I think it looks very favorable for G O D to win it all, but I want War Dogs to win to win it all. I don't know how it works out the right way, but I would love for Gabe Kidd and Coglin to win this. I mean yeah, you could have I mean if you were going to
0: if you were going to have War Dogs win the whole thing, the way I would do it is you would have um War Dogs lose to Team DK, but Ishii and Yano also lose so they go through. War Dogs beat GOD to go through and Team DK gets their big win over Bishamon. And the finals is a rematch between team DK and war dogs from the a block finals. And you have war dogs beat them. Mm -hmm. That's the way you would do it. That's the way I would do it anyways. Yeah. Which I'm fine with that too. I would I would like to see those guys go through. I mean, if, if I'm looking at the, the field and I'm wanting to push new blood, the only teams that would make sense from that standpoint would be war dogs, monster sauce, Uh, just five guys just for the fact of Yuya, but then, you you know, you got Taiji there, and I guess you could squeeze him in,
1: or G.O.D. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm going all war dogs here.
0: It's hard for me, because, like, in reality, I just, my heart as a fan, and this is bias, but it's, I just think it's poetic. You should have had Omino and Arita go through. They become the 100th IWGP Tag Team Champions. I, I don't understand why we're not doing that and it's hard for me to reconcile and it's not just because i like them because i actually i i I wouldn't even say i'm the biggest fan of theirs it just means from a booking standpoint that just seems like the thing you should be doing
1: yeah it made all the sense in the world like if you're not putting those guys in a single program on the dome put them in the tag title match like it made all the sense i mean Narita's a guy who's already had two singles matches on the dome and now He has nothing right now. Um, So, yeah, it would have made all sense in the world to put these guys in a tag title match, have them win the 100th title, give them a small little reign as tag champs, then use that, you know, they lose a belt, and that would be the thing that really gets them broken up and kickstarts their singles feud. So if I were, yeah, I think War Dogs, for me, should be the
0: finalists coming out of the A block, like the top one. And... Probably, probably the the best final match that you could do it just in terms of like excitement, not in terms of match quality, but in terms of like star power and how they've been pushed and everything, I would probably do War Dogs versus G.O.D. as the final. Mm. Nothing against, I mean, I love Monster Sauce and all that, but like, I don't see them as beating Bishamon in the Tokyo Dome. And I kind of feel the same way about just five guys. But I feel like the two teams that have the most viability, and who knows, we've been wrong all tournament long. <laughs> but I, I feel like War Dogs and GOD would be the ultimate baby faces versus the ultimate bad guys, the former Bullet Club members versus the current Bullet Club members. You know, that would be, and none of those guys have won the the tag team titles, but they've all been strong champions. That's probably the finals you should do.
1: Yeah, let's do that. Uh, I'm down with that. Yeah, I'm fine with
0: that. And then, you know, whoever goes through, just have them beat Bishamon, I guess. Yeah. Doesn't at this point, the unfortunate truth is, I don't care which one wins. <laughs> and, and that sucks because I should care a lot more. The tournament's been great, but the fact of the matter is, I'm left wanting at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. Like you mentioned, we got the finals there. So, yeah, that'll be December 10th. Um, on the final show, we did have some uh, big names announced. We had a question here from Barry Wall. who said, just saw four top stars announced for December 10th. And it's the top four homegrown stars. If Finley shows up December 10th, does, that, does, does him not being present and also not being announced make him seem like an afterthought and feed in the comments about him?
0: I haven't seen who's announced for that show. So I'd be, but um, I'm assuming like, what's the deal? Like Osprey and Mox are on the show.
1: No, they announced like uh, I think like Naito Tanahashi, like four domestic, the top four domestic stars Okada. Like, they announced them all for like the final show, um, but they haven't announced like Dave Finley yet.
0: Well, he's not on those guys' levels.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't get the question. Is uh, he? Think- like
0: yeah like he's not he's not seen and viewed by the company as one of those as a
1: caliber stars those other guys yeah and i mean he's not a a draw on the level of those guys so it doesn't surprise me that they're not you know doing a a big graphic hey you know dave finley is going to be on the world tag league finals um so yeah which, again, sucks why he's in the, the three-way match at the, <laughs> at the Dome. We did, we did have one last question here before we move on to the news. Yeah, Def Triangle720 says, Could you potentially see the heavyweight tag title match becoming a four-way since, since the champs have been pinned during tour?
0: Uh, unfortunately, yes, I could see a situation where we wind up with like a three-way or a four-way scenario, but I'm never a fan of it when it's, You know, uh, a multi-month long tag league final, the whole prestige of the tournament is the winners of the tournament go on to challenge for the title at the Tokyo Dome. And I hate, and I mean, this has been pretty consistent in the times where they have done this and they've shoehorned in another team as a challenger. It negates the entire purpose of the tournament to begin with.
1: Yeah, I feel like they haven't really done that for the tag titles lately for Wrestle Kingdom. I know they've done it in the past in the kind of the middle of the year, but it seems like they try to keep it two-on-two for the heavyweight tag titles, and then the junior tag titles, they'll throw, like, yeah, three or four teams in there.
0: I think the last time they did it was with the Young Bucks, when the Young Bucks just showed up at the end of the tour and were like, we want in, and they're like, all right. But but they've done it even prior to that. Yeah. Uh, They've done it a few times, so, yeah. Well, uh, let's jump into the news. So big story. Everyone's talking about it today. Everyone will stop talking about it probably tomorrow. <laughs> but Kazush Okada is said to be seriously quote unquote seriously entertaining the idea of signing with a promotion other than NJPW Sports Illustrated is reporting. Okada's current contract expires at the end of January. When Okada wrestled on Dynamite in October, the purpose of his trip was not solely to advance his feud with Brian Danielson ahead the of their Wrestle Kingdom match on January 4th. That Dynamite in Philadelphia also allowed Okada a chance to acquire a better sense of AEW, which is one of the two destinations he will land if he opts to exit New Japan in the coming year. Uh, we had a question from that dude named Menace. What are the chances of Okada leaving?
1: Yeah, so this is a a very interesting thing that came out today, and first of all, I think it's important for us to remember that New Japan guys typically sign year contracts that run, you know, uh, February to end of January, so most guys' contracts are up at the end of January, they renew in February, and you know you see the you know Tanahashi you know thing every year you know Tanahashi has resigned like of course he's re- resigning and <laughs> <laughs> the ace is staying <laughs> he's
0: not leaving.
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean uh, I'm not trying to, to downplay this because it does seem like there's a, a little smoke to the fire here. Okada he's 36. Uh. The yen is down. We joked about it, but the yen is down, and so if he is looking for opportunity to make more money and potentially wrestle in the States. And, yeah, there's an opportunity to make money there with AEW or WWE. But I I feel like this is just kind of thrown out there. You know, people find out, oh, his contract ends and they're trying to make more of a story than there is. Um, As of right now, I'm expecting Okada to to resign. You know, if even if
0: hypothetically Okada was planning to stay with new Japan, which is entirely possible. Um, I don't know why my voice cracked there possible, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be unwise of him to send some feelers out there and put the word out there. Because if you are new Japan and you're, you're seeing people jump ship and you're worried about losing your flags, flagship star, um, maybe you'd be more inclined to give him and more of what he wants and use him to a greater extent in the coming years. um, Provided you can see his, you know, desirability with outside larger companies than yourselves. So it's not really um, an unwise decision on his part to kind of play the field. Um, At the same time, you know, there are reasons that we highlighted last week where he might stay, you know, family ties, having a kid, uh, his wife's career, um, his allegiances to New Japan Pro Wrestling and, you know, his security at the top spot there. At the same time, you know, every nobody, everyone else that has kind of uh, honed in and, and added their two cents is kind of mentioned he has done virtually everything there is to do in the company. Maybe he is looking for a new challenge. Maybe he wants to broaden his horizons. Uh, Maybe he's, he would be looking to work in not necessarily easier style, but a softer schedule. Um, He is 36 and this will probably be the last, you know, depending on the the length of years, it'll be one of the last uh, major contracts that he signs in his thirties. And, you know, the, the, the health span of of a top end wrestler only goes so far. And, you know, if he is looking to, uh, provide for his family and everything like that, maybe he is maybe potentially looking to make a a jump that I wouldn't even put that outside of the realm of possibilities. It would be, in my opinion, extremely detrimental to new Japan pro wrestling. If they lost Kazushiko Kata, um,
1: I mean, at that point, like, yeah, that would be fucking horrible for them. And I I said this in the group chat earlier today. If Gato lets Okada and Osprey leave without putting anybody over on the way out, he is getting drafted next year in (laughs) FOH, and he does need to FOH, and we need a new booker. It's not even just him. Uh, management, Kami Obari, those
0: guys need to also take a look at what they're doing and you know, figure some things out. Um, I saw a very negative tweet earlier today, again, from friends of the show, Super J Cast. where, uh, go ahead and read it. They were basically saying, like, this company needs to figure out what the fuck they're doing because there's a lot of things that they're privy to that they're not talking about where they're like, you know, not only are fans not going to want to watch it, your show but people aren't going to want to work there if you don't get your house in order you know Mm -hmm. and uh, so you know who knows who knows but I I'm not I'm saying personally and this is just my own guesstimation I don't think he jumps yeah I think he's I think he's just in a very comfortable spot I wouldn't be surprised I mean we've heard stories since the pandemic of people taking pay cuts and I know that like you mentioned, the economy is not doing the hottest and the company's not necessarily at their most profitable, but they're at a point where you can't afford to lose Okada. So you give him whatever the fuck he wants.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a ton of new guys for him to work now. There's the whole story of him facing off against, you know, the next generation of guys. And you got to have one of those guys beat him. So there is a lot. It's, it's not like a lot of accomplishments for him left to do, but there's a lot of new. Opponents and stories, he can kind of be that kind of Tanahashi to these younger guys. Uh, the, the last thing I'll say, just as a fan, AEW would fuck him up and
0: WWE would fuck him up in different ways, but they would 100% fail to capitalize on Kazushiko Okada. Mark my words, that he would not be a top end star or top end draw. There would be benefits to him, certainly professionally, monetarily. He would benefit, and I'm not even saying he shouldn't take those benefits if he so chooses. But from a character standpoint and a star standpoint, they would 100,000% fail with Kazuchika Okada. It would be an indictment on the booking of both Triple H and Tony Khan at that point, I promise you. Man, it's not that man of CMLL. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think they would. I don't think they would know what the fuck to do with them either. I honestly don't. Um, Ticket. Moving on. Tickets will be available to fans worldwide for New Year's Dash starting Friday, December eighth at ten a.m. Japanese standard time. So if you're going to be in the country, you want to attend New Year's Dash. Tickets will be available, um, or they already are. Yeah, they already are. No, they're coming up. Yeah, that's, I don't even know what date. I don't even know what the date is. This Friday, Masakiyamia or Kitamiya has called out Tomohiro Ishii for a singles match at New Year's, uh, at the New Year Show at the Ariyaki Arena for Pro Wrestling Noah. So big, meaty men slapping meat. Yeah, let's do it. Saturday, December sixteenth, Crystal Palace National Sports Center, London, UK. Repro Uprising. Zack Sabre Jr. versus J.J. Gale has officially been announced for that show.
1: Yeah, should be fun.
0: And then finally, this past weekend, Chris Hero and Kenta teamed up to take on Kevin Blackwood and Titus Alexander at West Coast Pros Monster. Glad to see Chris Hero back in the pro wrestling ring. Uh, We shared a a tweet earlier today. I loved where Kenta cut a promo, and he said,
1: I just want to say one thing.
0: I'm (laughs) home.
1: Yeah, Kenta has not uh, let his hate for CM Punk die down whatsoever. And Yo, he's a
0: clown, bro. Not, not well, both are, but, like, Kenta is just a hilarious, like, he's he's always clowning, bro. He's so funny.
1: Yeah, I saw a tweet, I think it was last week, he was like, I hope CM Punk comes up with a new finish, so then I could steal it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we have a few questions here, and then we'll uh, wrap things up. Uh, so our man Rod Easter. Uh, first questionnaire He says, uh, "Bolton or O'Con? Who you got in a shoot?"
0: Oh, um, I I have honestly I have not seen enough from either gentleman when it comes to their actual like credentials in terms of mixed fighting to know who would win in a shoot. Um, giving it the eyeball test just based off of pure optics. Oleg bolton looks like the more uh fit individual of the two but you know as far as i'm aware and maybe i could be wrong here but i only know of his you know um collegiate and you know amateur professional wrestling accolades whereas you know they say okan is trained in a variety of other martial arts which maybe could give him the edge i'm not quite sure
1: yeah, that is hard, but like when I saw, you know, Ocon and um who was he shooting there with uh recently? Yano? Uh, yeah, him and was it, no it wasn't Yano. It was some um Oh, you mean uh during during the uh
0: tag league match. Yeah. Uh was it him and Oiwa? Uh
1: yeah, it might have been Oiwa. Um We like, talked about it last week on the show. Yeah, we did. I forget who he was yeah, there was one match where they were exchanging a bunch. It might have been Oiwa. Uh, and Ocon looked really good. Uh, Ocon, Ocon does look good. I just, I've never, I,
0: from what I understand, Oleg Bolton topped out at a higher level when it comes to like the world rankings of amateur wrestling, which that's not an easy feat. But I mean, Ocon is, you know, there's a reason in MMA. you you need to know more than just wrestling in 2024. So in a real shoot, depending on the rules, I would give the edge to the guy that knows more about mixed fighting. Then again, Oleg Bolton guy's name is Oleg Bolton. How am (laughs) I to know? He doesn't know. He might know some fucking Sambo. You know what I mean? Right.
1: My don't. Krav Maga or something. (laughs) Well, Krav Maga is Israeli
0: uh, military fighting, but I don't know what his background is. Maybe he can fight. I don't know.
1: Yeah. The other question is, uh, with the word that Bushi Road has financial issues, rebounding from the pandemic, any take on why that is? Just about every other major company seems to be doing well, but many Japanese companies are still struggling, it seems.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, without delving super deep into it, most of these companies operated and behaved in a much more ethical and moral way during the pandemic. And we're also... Um, had their hands tied for a much longer period of time during the pandemic than their Western counterparts did when it came to the relegations of the different cities, counties, you know um, municipalities and stuff like that. like in terms of what you know, attendance size, people being allowed to cheer. and they they just went through a, a very difficult time. Like the company was operating at a deficit for a good portion of of that period. And a lot of people had to take pay cuts and they haven't quite rebounded since that time. And uh, you know, it, it, they're not like AEW and WWE where they were labeled essential businesses and allowed to operate with <laughs> impunity during the entirety of the, uh, of the pandemic. So.
1: Yeah. I think another thing, another difference too is with Western companies, AEW and uh, WWE, they had TV contracts. We talk about this all time. Like, Western wrestling is about the TV deals. That's how they're making money now. They're getting most of their revenue from these big TV deals. Whereas a lot of Japanese, most Japanese promotions are live event based. So you lose three months of live event based business, uh, then yeah, it's hard to recover. And like we mentioned, um, you know, they were they quote unquote they say they were like only you know a couple months more from closing new japan altogether had they not came back from the pandemic so um it's still you know rebounding They, they, they took things a lot more seriously you know we had the whole clap crowds and limited capacity so they were losing out on you know the chance to get full houses or you know bigger gates with the limited capacity so yeah yep uh, the next question here from Pumping Bama. Uh, it's obviously not set in stone yet, but at this point, none of the Musketeers in Unia are on the main card. Wrestle Kingdom. Do you think it's time to have a serious discussion about the future of the booking team if it stays that way? Yes. Yeah. I, I, if these guys are not on the dome and there's not big plans for them, we need a change on top quick. Uh, then, last two questions here from Def Triangle 720. Do you think the New Jap- that New Japan could pull what they did in 2018 when they decided to change plans and have titles change hands before the Dome? What titles changed hands just before the Tokyo Dome? That's what I'm trying to remember because.
0: I think maybe he's referring to uh, Will Ospreay beating Tai Chi for the. Never title just before he fought Kota Ibushi. Did that happen?
1: Uh yeah, that might have been it. But was that when was that match? I don't remember. I don't I don't think it was at
0: I don't think it was at Tag League and I don't think it was at Road to Tokyo Dome. And actually I could be wrong there. Wasn't it Kota Ibushi that was the never champion going into
1: that match? Yeah, he was. Yeah, and then Osprey won the belt from him. But I think Osprey had to beat Taichi Chi to get that title shot
0: i don't remember what titles switched hands in 2018 just before the dome and uh the only belt i could see changing hands before the tokyo dome is the kopw
1: yeah i feel like everything's gonna be pretty set in stone. going or,
0: or the or um well i guess you know the strong open weight or i'm sorry i keep saying strong yeah the strong open weight title who knows that, that could change hands but i don't even know <laughs> I don't even know if that's even gonna be on the dome. And then, uh, you know, the women's belts, all those titles that don't really exist anymore, those ones could all change hands. But uh, the real titles, nah.
1: <laughs> and the last question, do you guys think Rocky should be a part of the creative team for the Japan side when Strong dies?
0: Well, A, I don't know that he's not already involved in creative on the Japanese side of things. Uh, I, I'm not really sure who's on that creative team entirely. and. I'm also not sure that Strong's, you know, slated to die. So, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, Rocky has booked, uh, booked Strong really great, and those are fun weekly TV shows to watch, and it uh, seems like he has a lot of great ideas and would be a good voice to have in the room. And, but like you said, maybe he is in the room, and we, we don't know. Um, but yeah, I think he could, would be a beneficial guy to have in the room if he's not in there already. Well, that's uh, it for the questions, and that's going to uh, wrap the show up. So, like we mentioned, uh, be on the lookout for our year-end awards coming out probably sometime at the end of uh, next week. And then next week, we'll be back to review the semifinals and finals of the World Tag League Tournament. So, if you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation. Visit socialsuplex.com slash donate and click on the donate button under the keeping a strong style logo make sure to connect with us on social media on x the show is at ki strong style you can follow the network at social suplex you can follow me at jeremy l donovan on facebook you can find us in the wrestling square circle facebook group and facebook.com slash social suplex on instagram at social suplex on facebook Reddit, I'm the pro black guy, just keeping a strong style. You can email me, jeremy at socialsuplex.com. Check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, One Nation Radio, hosted with Rich Latta and James Boyd, All Things Elite, hosted by Floyd Johnson Jr. and Austin Tomowitz. Imps WWE Adventure with the Implications Matthew Mayer, and Wrestling Art with Chris Things. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. And we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Ichiban.
0: Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style.
1: We'll see you next time.